0: I'm Ginger, and I'm Ducks. Ginger Ducks. Ginger Ducks. Ginger Ducks. Ginger Ducks. I don't know what to say, really.
1: other than to listen to the Ginger and Dutch podcast.
0: Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. <clears throat> you know, when you get old in life, things get taken from
1: you. Like the Ginger and Dutch podcast.
0: I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out Life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast.
1: And you'll miss the Ginger and Dutch podcast.
0: You don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team...
1: We listen to the Ginger and Dutch podcast.
0: We fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. When we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die
1: who will get to listen to the Ginger and Dutch podcast.
0: Who's gonna win that itch? And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing. To fight and die for that inch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes.
1: And you're gonna see a guy who's willing to listen to the Ginger and Dutch podcast with you. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of Ginger and Dutch here, episode 10 on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. How about that intro? Thanks to uh, Al Pacino and Any Given Sunday and our, uh, our little intro there, driving home to uh, listen home to Ginger and Dutch and follow us on all of our social media feeds. So thanks to Al for that intro. One of the best.
2: One of the best. One of the best. I, the best. I, I think it was the best one yet. So uh, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we uh, we spliced it and diced it and made it work, so I hope all of our listeners get a good laugh out of it, and, um, you know, that's a speech that I always listen to, uh, you know, once or twice a year, so kind of came into my mind and thought we could work with it, and off we go, so. Yeah, you said we, though, that was you, you're the
2: uh, the expert, I'm just the, the tag along here uh, for some fun. Well, what you're, we just, got- you're just the guest, right? You're just the guest each week. Each week, I'm just the guest. Uh, special guests are different, but I'm uh, I'm just the guest. We got some pretty cool topics this week, eh? We're gonna get into some. Uh, uh, probably, I don't know how much we're gonna get into arguing. I'm I'm sure there's gonna be a couple things that you're gonna disagree with, but um, let's. Uh, what 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 do we got here on tap? We're gonna fire up with some golf here again, right?
1: Yeah, we're gonna start it off with some golf and make our way over to the NHL, and and then obviously end it off. Uh, we got a good laugh with uh, with Iron Mike coming on tonight, and then uh, yeah our divisional review that will continue here in week three of our eight week, uh, segments. So right on, let's fire in with the golf here. Uh, PJ tour back this week, uh, two days away from returning here and, uh, a better field than I thought it would be. That's for sure. The likes of Rory Brooks, Phil, uh, Ricky, DJ, um, JT, Rom, the list goes on and on. Couple, couple European guys, mostly because they're living here still, but, um, uh, the field was a lot better than I thought it would be uh, by the time it got all put together.
2: What, um, do you, I mean, I know we talked about it last week, but do you think, do you think one of the big guys is going to come out right out of the gate and win? Or, or, I mean, or do you think is this going to be, there's a lot of these guys that haven't played that golf course yet. Uh, I was looking at the stats and, and looking at, you know, who the favorite was this week. And I think five of the, five of the, you know, call it fantasy
1: top seven guys. They, they've only played that place once. Some of them, this is their first appearance. Well, that's it, right? This is uh, this is back to my old argument that I've always had with, with all you yep. guys is the fact that, you know, these guys played the, the same 18 to 22 weeks, and, and this was one that was, you know, it wasn't a bad field, but it wasn't the best field. And, um, you know, then you come off of a pandemic like this, first week return, and now it's turned into a pretty darn good field. So, yes, I think one of these guys um, does come through to answer your question, Dutch. I just think they're too good. Like you always say, the cream rises to the top Um, out of these, you know, 10 to 15 guys, at least six or seven of them have been, have been playing. And one of them's, one of them's going to take this tournament down.
2: Yeah. And then, you know what? It, It just, it sucks. Just, well, I shouldn't say it sucks. It, it used to suck because obviously they they pick and choose when they want to play and where they want to play. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage themselves around the golf course, which kind of brings me to what we are going to talk about today with uh, you and I chatted about it yesterday with Muirfield coming up uh, with the Memorial. Now, th- we know now they're playing back-to-back days. I just don't understand why – or back-to-back weeks, I should say. I don't understand why they're – Listen, Muirfield's one of the best stops on the tour, but why are they going back to back? There, uh, it, there's so many other amazing golf courses. I know Ohio's uh, cleaned up pretty good with COVID, et cetera, and they're they're ready to go. But you know, there's some other places people may not have heard of, but Brookside Country Club. Um, there's a there's a, c- a course that's ranked actually higher than Muirfield. It's called Camarago, and it looks like a high end private club. I'm sure it's a totally different thing, but why go back to back? It doesn't make sense to me.
1: Well, one I think is the the fan issue, right? They're they're gonna want to try to get the fans on there, and with the stadium setup uh, that Mirfield has, um, I think they feel a lot more comfortable on a place that they've already been on than venturing into a new place. Like, I just don't know if this is the right time to. I'm all for picking new golf courses. Trust me, I'm I'm tired of tired of seeing the same old tracks uh, year after year, and and. And most people would call me crazy and tell me that the take is dead wrong. But I know Augusta inside and out. And, and there's a reason why that the Masters isn't my favorite major. I like to see new golf courses. I like to see new tests. I like to see these guys tested on new golf courses that they haven't seen year over year. I get it. Tradition, blah, 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 blah. But um, at this particular time, I think it's the right move to stay on a facility that you know um is covid free that you know that can handle potential crowds um and you know the setup of it
2: yeah but, but yeah okay I i agree with that i i will agree there but the fans things just stupid uh, it, come on why why are they wasting their time so they're talking that the second week they're going to do a test run the first week so whatever it's called it's a no name uh, sponsor they're going to run a tournament there um and then they're going to stay there which that makes sense on on the on the covid side all the personnel everybody's going to stay there but then they're going to bring fans in now come on correct me if i'm wrong here but we're talking 20% fans going there so first of all like who are the lucky people that get to go if well if you consider them lucky but you were talking to me about this gps thing what a whole crock of bullshit that
1: yeah like crazy you're you're bang on dutch it, it's um they're looking at about 8000 fans which is exactly what you said 20% of their normal uh capacity and yeah they're all going to be in some form or fashion i can't remember the 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 right term for it but um pretty much their their phones are going to be tapped and gps and at any given time if the crowds tend to uh congregate or bunch up in certain areas uh, i guess they're going to try to come out and social distance them which is to me an absolute joke because by the time sunday rolls around like the back nine is the back nine and, and groups are finishing groups are done. There's no more groups to go see. I get it on, on Thursday and Friday when you've got 144 guys teeing off and you know, they're, they're separated nicely throughout the day in different groups and you can bounce around. You would know better than others being that that's a major tournament Dutch, but, on Sunday on the back nine, like there's no way to stop a crowd from congregating here. And yeah, I, it, like, yeah, exactly. You get, and you get, if you get Tiger in the field
2: and you get any of these in, or Rory or any of these boys that are coming down the stretch, what are you going to do? Sorry, guys, you can't watch them play this whole? Like, come on, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: Well, you pe- people will lose their mind and there'll be fights and arguments, and it's just they, they better have a plan because if they don't have a plan, and I'm sure they do, but, um, you know, we've talked enough about plans over our first nine weeks here, but I'd like to hear what it is um, on that side, because that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Golf's a lot more fun watching
2: um, on TV. I'm sorry for those people that think it's not, I mean, unless you're going to a major, you know, as I said, been fortunate enough to go to a couple of them just for the atmosphere, but you know, no disrespect to our national championship, but uh, I'm, yeah, I got no interest in going to the Canadian Open anymore. Uh it just it doesn't do anything for me and that's just me. Uh, and I know I'm a golf guy, but that's just me. I'd rather watch it on TV.
1: Uh Yeah. For sure. And a perfect little segue, Dachi, uh speaking of of Canadian and and uh I was talking to a few of my my birdies, a few of my sources here over the last uh, couple of days and uh switching over to the Canadian host sites and the NHL. Yep. And uh Got some wind and some word from from my little birdies that uh, the Canadian government is actually going to allow or uh, extend a courtesy to the NHL in these host cities in their pitch to the NHL to uh, waive the quarantine period for COVID um, to allow certain things to happen that might not necessarily happen for uh, somebody who is an everyday lives in everyday society. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What do you what do you think? They've also got. Uh, some ideas on how they're going to um, run the uh, return and the TV side of it. What are your thoughts on the NHL allowing that to happen and the Canadian government allowing that to happen? Good? Yay? Nay?
2: Well, I'm okay with that, but I just want to go to something right off the bat. I'm okay with it, but if, if, if you're going to do that, then why all these – ridiculous phases that they're going through right now is it a like a a, a statement they're trying to make teams what teams have already st- they've just started reopening their facilities and and you've seen it i saw it on tv and the little circles and passing it back and forth and workouts and players can skate in groups of six at a time like come on man like really it, it, you've got all this high-end stuff like if you're gonna start and you're gonna start up with this this the facilities opening all that. It goes back to even when the, when the basketball was one-on-ones and stuff, come on, just either start the damn thing and start the process. And then I'm okay with the, with it. If it's going to be, listen, everybody, we need sports in our life. Everybody, we need it to happen. I have no problem with them cutting off the, the, the quarantine issue provided they can do their tests. Uh, they do one or two tests to make sure that they're fine. And then let's get the show on the road instead of this stupid, Oh, we're going to go six at a time and we're going to wait for a little bit before we bring in the next phase. Like, come on. I mean, it's still over a month away uh, to before starting, maybe even what, six weeks still. Right. Yeah. about six weeks. They're looking uh, probably around the end of July. So like, why, why go so gentle here? Just, like let's fire this up and start the training and start the process. And, and then you'll start to see if people are going to follow the directions and stay within quote unquote, the bubble, like what the NBA is going to do in this little circle and a bubble and all that kind of stuff that they're talking about. Let's just get this, the the workouts and let's get things rolling here.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the NHL is treading lightly because this is, this is uncharted territory for them, right? The, the, uh, for the lack of a better term and, and to give it my reference the, the nhl is that red-headed stepchild right they're they're always the one lagging behind they're always the one like you know you hear on on all these national networks in the u.s and and guys are coming out no one even cares about the nhl you know um yeah. no one watches it doesn't even have tv this and that so for them to to go in head on to this and be the leader would be an uncharted territory for them, and I think they're just a, a touch bit nervous on that. And I think they truly want to go in, you know, almost like you're jumping into the pool. You you're gonna hold the hand, and I think Adam Silver and and Gary Bettman, and I think Gary Bettman's looking for Adam Silver's hand in this, and to say, okay, let's if we're gonna do it, let's kind of do it together. Um, we're gonna have our differences on how it's gonna run, but I just don't think they want to jump right out ahead of all this and be the first one in. I I get it, but it just seems still
2: so, I don't know if the word's surreal, but, you know, you started to see it. uh, You can even see it at the golf course. uh, You can see it everywhere. Where, um, And I know, you know, in Ontario here, you know, where the gatherings are going to be boosted up uh, by Friday and you're going to start to see a little bit more. But yet the NHL saying, you know, specific instructions on their testing, uh, mask wearing at all times except when they're doing their workouts, temperature checks like, come on. Like, so you, you got to wear the, the players got to, they have to be together in the same six people. They, they got to wear masks, they, the in and out wherever they go. And then when they're on the ice and they're doing their workout there, it's okay. It's just to go and sweat and drip. Like, ah, I just, I just, come on, Let, let's just, let's just get them all in there, you know, make sure that they're all COVID free, make sure everything's good. And then, you know let's let's start the process here and let's get things fired up i would rather them get it fired up quicker i said it last week on the podcast either no sports and shut the damn thing down and let's just stop talking about all the 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 silly little intricacies that that are going on or let's just get in and fire it up and if 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 it goes backwards quick well then then shut it down but this whole baby step thing i i, I just it, it, they're prolonging something that that is not necessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah and it, it's uh they're just wading their feet in the pool it looks like right and they just want to make sure that the temperature is right it's not too cold not too hot and yeah um off we go. So switching over to a, a second little uh piece of information my my birdie got me was um this thing called the world feed. The NHL looks like they're going to run with it here and uh me and you touched on it briefly and I think it's a great idea. This is exactly what I thought they would do. Um, I didn't think a Canadian city would end up, um, being on that list. I thought it, like I said, in a couple podcasts ago, I thought it would be Vegas and LA. Well, yes. by the sounds of it from my little birdie, it sounds like one of these cities is going to be Canadian. The other one's going to be some sort of uh, Western city, like we thought, and they're going to yep. have what they're going to call a world feed and what that world feed Dutch is going to include from what my birdie tells me is that hockey is going to be on all day and every day. Um, it's going to run from from twelve or one o'clock all the way through till that night game on the Pacific side is done. The cool part is is that they're also going to allow, and I think this is to try to help them land this next TV contract, which is what it's all about. Me and you have talked about that. Yeah, they're going to allow all of their networks to pretty much dial into this feed, so it's one TV right. So it's a, you know one uh, not network, but one company is going to be doing all the TV things and then the the networks are going to be able to dial in specifically. Um, so you'll have CBC, you'll have Sportsnet, you'll have NBC, you'll have um, all these different networks being able to dial in at, at different times throughout the game to put their little spin on it. Um, and it'll be a, a kind of a little world feed for everybody to watch. And it'll be almost like little segments uh, from each different network, getting their own spin, their own stories, their own, all different stuff. So it's kind of cool. Uh, I thought it was something that was new. I liked it. I think it could be something that could move forward TV wise uh, in all
2: professional sports. Yeah. I love the idea. I think it's great. And and of course for the NHL to try, it makes complete sense. And it's going to be tough. Listen, as much as we want it all to come back, you think end of July um, and, and we've all been lifted. We've been waiting patiently to, to, to gather with our friends, to, do some other things. I mean, it's going to be tough for, for the ratings to, to be anything because, you know, unless you're watching uh, where I'm sitting right now at my tiki bar outside, uh, you're probably not going to be sitting there watching all the time. So they've got to find some creative ways because it's uh it's going to be a tough go for sure. When they come back, I know playoff hockey is different playoff. Anything's different, but yeah, it sounds like a really cool idea.
1: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how it, what, this is what I've been begging the NHL to do for for years is is be creative, because you're coming back in a time where um, NBA is going to be back in a similar time, and yeah. the NFL isn't too far behind, and especially yeah. if the NHL or the NFL story starts on time. Yeah, if they do, you know, pull the trigger here for uh, early September, which they may try to do to try to squash all the all of these other leagues. Yeah. Um, you better come up with something creative or else it's going to be what we thought it was. Right. So, yep. And their
2: saving grace might be, uh, you know, uh, for both NBA and, and, and NHL will be uh, <laughs> who knows that baseball is going to even happen. Right. So that could help them because football will crush them as far as and we already know that so there's no discussion there football will take over across the board and t- unless it's a Stanley Cup championship or a NBA championship uh
1: even then football still dominate will dominate the board for sure that's right that's right actually yeah. i just got a little text there from a uh, from a friend of ours paul jones uh let me know i was trying to get a golf game with him and he just let me know he's starting a new show on uh, one of our local networks so for
0: oh, all of our
1: listeners out there uh look out for that He'll be, uh, Paul's a very knowledgeable guy about the NBA. So, well, Dutchie, no, hopefully, let's, let's hopefully, get a,
2: hopefully we'll get him. Hopefully we'll get him on here.
1: Oh, we'll get him on. We'll get him on for sure. No doubt. He'll be coming up yeah. soon. Once the NBA gets word about what their plan is and we'll get his right thoughts on. on basketball and life and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, let's have a laugh. Dutchie, uh, let, let's go to a little bit of a lighter side here. Uh, and I'm just going to say one name to you and, uh, I just want your initial reaction. Iron Mike Tyson,
2: the king, and I'm saying this strongly: the king of pay per view. Still, could you imagine if he comes back? He's 53, right? And yeah. it's, they're it's getting hyped up. They're starting to do it. There's some big critics, and we're gonna chat about it real quick. But he's the king of pay per view. I, I we used to watch all his fights before everything came about. It, do you believe that <laughs> that out of the pay per views, and I think it's the top six pay per views. There's he's up there across the board. Three of his fights are in the top ten still for watched the, the most watched shows. Yeah, so I, he was he, he was unbelievable. He was the the Hollyfield one. That second Holly Hollyfield fight had two million viewers. It, it was it was unbelievable. He, he's I mean sure you've got your you know you have your Mayweather's. You have the the huge one with um, Conor McGregor, but. It's still crazy. It's still crazy to see him up there. What do you think? Do you think he can go? I saw some of his videos. He looks
1: unbelievable. Well, he, he looks in great shape. Um, for our wrestling pals, he, was, he did a little guest appearance on um, some wrestling network, AEW. Uh, knocked out some guy. I don't know if it was real or not real. but um, So he, he's putting his name out there, and he's, he's trying to get that, that Mike Tyson uh, brand back out there. Can he go? Yes, I think he can go. Um, but I just—is there anybody for him to go with? Like, a, well, a, who? who hollyfield was gonna Hullifield fight Wilder. Oh, Hollyfield was chirping too. Oh, here we go. So he's
2: gonna bite his ear off again. Well, exactly right. But you know, I—I I think the stamina is his stamina was never really good, right? I mean, and and you hear the talks that it, that he may just do four round, um, four <laughs> round, yeah, four round things for charity. But would you get in the ring for
1: him for a million bucks? For a million bucks with Mike Tyson, not a chance. Not a chance. I I would be dead. I think my face would collapse. Why? You just got to take
2: one punch and you're down, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's, it's one punch from Mike Tyson. What I want to say back to your pay-per-view point, though, is comparatively, and I know there's tons of UFC fans out there, but what I think why Mike Tyson was so popular on on pay-per-view was was it was a guaranteed knockout. Yeah. You were, you were guaranteed every time you paid your money that Mike Tyson would knock the guy out as yeah. compared to, you know, that, that allure of the UFC has, has gone away. And, and, you know, the diehard UFC fans that, that truly appreciate the, the mixed martial arts, they're going to, they're always going to watch, but you know, how many times have you, uh, there's been a big UFC fight and, and it goes four rounds and the guys are, you know, spending 18 out of the, the 20 minutes on the ground grappling and jiu-jitsu and doing all that other stuff, right? And yeah, Mike Tyson was just—it was a—it was a guaranteed knockout. You knew somebody was getting their head rolled, no ifs, ands, or buts. And I think that's why, like you said, he—he he was the king of the pay per view, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And listen, you know, in all seriousness,
2: you know, there's some critics out there that's saying, you know, what it would be, you know, a, a tragedy if you know for serious injury he's came a long way obviously you know everybody knows you know why he why he got out of boxing and with all the struggles he had and then even financial issues uh brain issues across the board we all know it's you know that's i don't even know if you're going to technically call it a sport i mean they're they're pretty much trying to kill each other uh and and put you know career brain damage so you know i don't know if it makes sense for him he's finally got himself back on track uh he does he need the money? You know, I know we did a little bit of acting and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if he's pissed all his money away, but I don't know if it would be a good idea. Sure as hell would I like to see it? Yeah, would I pay? Uh, I think there's ways around it now, but um I, I would watch it. And I don't know if I, you can even say, would you watch it for a laugh? I know we're joking about it, but, oh, man... Three rounds to see him come in fierce, he looks like a tough son of a bitch right now, and i don't know i I think I'd get in the ring with him for for a million bucks though I really do think i would uh i might need one of those whatchamacallits, the 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 head uh, the head uh, helmets right uh i I don't think I would go in there with without any type of protection but yeah. you're, go- I, I you're going you're going in
1: with the sparring gear
2: I'd go in with the
1: sparring gear and uh, and let him knock me out for a million bucks no problem and uh you know what I'm doing Dutch. I'm taking out a million-dollar life, million life insurance <laughs> policy on you, pal. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, what a great way to go to break. Let's, uh, let's take a quick little break here, and uh, we'll come back. Remember, all our listeners out there, follow us on, uh, on all of our social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, let's give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Callaway Golf. Uh, thank you very much for all your sponsorship. Uh, we've got some more stuff coming along the way for our listeners. So, uh, thanks to Callaway Golf for their sponsorship and uh, enjoy the break.
2: You're listening to another episode of Excellence
0: by Ginger and Dutch.
2: Real life passion for real life sports.
1: Welcome back from break here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. We're going to bounce right into our uh, week three of our eight-week segment of our NFL divisional breakdown, and uh, we're going to start off with Dutch's favorite division, the one that he watches the most games of all season long. That's the NFC East, or least, whatever you want to call it. Um, So, Dutchie, I think it's your turn to start first. Is that right? Oh, yeah, it is. I just dreadn't even talking about it. I went. I went all the way back to.
2: So nineteen, eighteen, seventeen, and come on, man, two thousand nineteen. The it was nine wins was tops. Eighteen, ten wins was tops, and then seventeen. Yeah, the Eagles were. Uh, they they won the Super Bowl, but the rest of the division was junk. And it's just, and they get the most coverage. They you know it just too much. Anyways, too much propaganda, too much Jerry Jones, too much this, too much that. I don't like talking about it, but be, but we're gonna get into it, of course. Before we do though, I'm a little bit perturbed, uh, and and maybe you can explain to me a little bit more because it it, it I I maybe I'm missing something here. But uh, latest news, this came out uh, with
1: the Vikings. Dalvin Cook set the holdout. No, oh, I was waiting. I was waiting. I'm surprised. We're we're 32 minutes in, Dutch. I'm proud of you, Dutch. I'm so proud of you. That you, I thought this would be three minutes and twenty seconds, and you'd be talking about this' I but, know, I'm just what what I'm, do you uh what do you what do you turn about let it off your chest here
2: I'm just pissed off that for for i'm pissed off for both reasons here a I'm pissed off that that that's just the route that he's gonna go like ship him out that's that's just me being me but but then don't ship him out because he's turning into be a superstar, but something's wrong with the program here now maybe I'm missing something here, but wh- I don't understand why this continues to happen in the league. And I know I'm this is a Vikings conversation for a second, but, you know, I feel like the Vikings get punished because he turns out to be a superstar. Fix the system. NFL has to fix the system. If I'm correct, it's a, a rookie contract's a, a four-year with an option for a fifth, correct? If If drafted in the first round. If correct. drafted in the first round. You yeah. got it. So he signs a four-year, six-point-something million-dollar contract with a just under three million dollar signing bonus for nine million dollars, okay. And now, and now he's going to hold out because he needs his payday because he's a superstar. I get it. The man wants to get paid, just like uh, um, Elliot. Okay, I get it. But wh- why are they allowing this to happen? Like the the NFL's got to fix the system. Make it a two year uh, rookie deal, or make it a if you get to certain um, forget the team's player bonuses, but like an NFL bonus that if you, if you sign a rookie contract and you exceed ABCD level, you have the right to ask for an additional contract because it's bullshit because it continues to happen and it always comes down to money. And I'm pissed off about it because, you know, here's a guy going to hold out, which is going to screw everything up because look what happened with the Cowboys last year, which is why we're talking about NFC East now with Elliot holding out for as many weeks as he did. It just, I, am I wrong, or like
1: what? Like, or you think that system's good? Well, I think I think the system is good because it allows teams that fifth-year option for anybody in the first round pick. You're you're effectively getting rewarded for um, drafting a good player, and you're not getting you're not getting double dings. You're not getting, you're getting rewarded for drafting a good player because you got the fifth-year option, and you can cut them after at any point in time. If he's not what you thought he was, or he's a a, a bust, so, yeah. But hear
2: me out. But but hear me out. He's this is his fourth year coming
1: up, correct. So so why is he allowed to hold out? Because what he's saying now is is that listen, I've I've outperformed my rookie deer deal. I've kept my mouth shut for for three years, two of which were decent, I think. Um, the other one he got injured on. We know that. He's gonna have an, he's bound to have an, an as long as he stays healthy another good year here this year and because he's gonna get the ball more Diggs is gone. So he's saying, listen, I don't want to do that anymore. And that's, that's his right, is it
2: not? It's it, it is. It is it's his right for sure, but it's bullshit because of the way the system is. It shouldn't be that way because you got to think about the Vikings or any of these teams that are in this situation. They prepared, they signed him on this thing. They work around their, their salary caps to try and fit into a program. So now they, they think they fit themselves into a program now, and now he wants to hold out for additional money. What if they can't fit it in the cap?
1: Well, then that's their that's that that's their issue. Not ah, that's not terrible. That's terrible. They got they got to
2: fix they got to fix that. I, no, I just, because I
1: don't... because they should be talking. Like, where's the communication with Cook, right? And and don't get me wrong, they've offered him a deal. Like they there there's there's stuff out there that's saying that there are they've less than ten million per year, and he was looking in the some the first report I read said sixteen. Um, I've read one that happened today that said thirteen. I don't know where the Vikings offer or where those talks went. So obviously they have talked to him um, and said, "Listen, you are a long-term plan." Um, they would be silly not to do something like that with a with a star like Dalvin Cook, who I doubted, by the way, coming out. And you know that I'm surprised you yeah, didn't hold know. that against me. Hold that against yeah. me, but um yeah. So th- obviously they're a, a good distance away, but but you look at you look at the Bills like okay, they've got trey white okay locked into a fifth year deal he's not saying boo he's happy so clearly there's commu- you got, you just got to communicate i guess is my point where you know to let that guy know hey your your money's coming just just hang on just a, a little little longer and got to give him a timeline right
2: well and the yeah and the, and the argument is if he gets hurt in that but i just don't think that that's i just don't think that it's fair that or i shouldn't say that the fair is the wrong word but why does it have to be a, a four year when you know this bullshit happens when guys turn in to be um let's say maybe better than where they're projected and now you know they've taken it to the next level and they know what their worth is like maybe maybe they should start changing these rookie contracts to a couple of years um yeah. just just so that this doesn't happen because ultimately, ultimately he's wanting to get paid here because obviously he doesn't want to get another injury, which he's already had, which was, was not career threatening, but it was a huge injury. Right. So uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit well with me that, that he gets to hold out because he wants more money when,
1: you know, he signed the contract, he signed a four year
2: contract, shut up and play.
1: Yeah. And then, and that's, that's you're totally entitled to that. Right. I think, what it comes down to is, is that, and I think we would both agree upon this, is, is that there's a positional disconnect in the NFL at the running back position. And what I mean by that is, is that you look at all these holdouts over the last few years from Zeke to Gurley to now possibly cook. And I'm sure there's one more I'm missing in there as well, but the, the GMs and these decision makers that in these offices don't value the running back position anymore. Case in right. point, 2020 draft. Was there anybody other than who was taken in the first round? Nobody? Or was the the last pick of the, the first round? Or yeah. or Dobbins in the in the early second round. Like there was nobody in the top twenty five at running back taken. So that position yeah. is just no no longer valued because it's a dime a dozen position. They they think that they can get somebody in round two, three, four, whatever. So when they are taken in the first round and they do outperform that contract, these guys are now smart enough and are realizing and are saying, listen, I know what this position entails. The average lifespan of an NFL running back is 2.7 seasons or whatever it is. And they're saying, give me my money. I've outperformed the deal. I want my second contract now because down the road, those life lifelong injuries and those career-threatening injuries are more bound to happen at that position than a lot of other positions in the NFL. So I think that's where the disconnect is in that position yeah unfortunately it just happens to happen uh on your team
2: yeah i don't oh, like stop it drafting way. good
1: running backs adrian peterson dalvin cook yeah they've well
2: they get yeah they've got the pedigree so let's hope he doesn't hold out uh, all right let's get into this uh division that i held off as long as i could not talk <laughs> about yeah you still got to talk about it dutch yeah okay we're right. into I'll... the nfc least here let's go all right, I'll start off with uh, with new coach. You know, out with the bad, in with the good. I uh, I I I got the Cowboys winning the division, eleven and five. If Jay- Dallas Dallas Cowboys. we are Jerry Jones can keep his mouth shut, which he usually doesn't, but. Let the players and the coach play some football. They have the talent. They've got the best talent in that entire division, hands down. And Jason Garrett wasn't getting the best of them. Um, This new coaching regime uh, was working really, really, really hard way, way back. Like we're talking, you know, way beyond even Garrett knowing for sure he was getting fired. I have them right at the top there. I think they're going to win the division. I think What do nuts. you got?
1: Really? I think, eh? I think you're, you're crazy. I think you're absolutely crazy. Mike McCarthy. Okay. I'll give you Mike McCarthy. And, and you know what? Mike Nolan's a a good coach as well. And I do like Nolan and I like Jim Tomasulo on the other side and, and they've all got a chip on their shoulder. There's no doubt about that. And there's no doubt that this division is, is you could call this the new coach division from, from uh, Ron Rivera taking over the Redskins to Joe judge taking over the Giants. Yeah. Um, this is the new coach division, other than than the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, I just don't see enough playmakers on the on the de- defensive side of the ball. I see a aging o- offensive line that was dominant two three years ago. That's no longer dominant. And um, I think I think Prescott is absolutely crazy. Yeah, reading reports today that that he turns down thirty five million dollars. Are you nuts, son? It, like. What do you? You've got twenty seven million in the bank on the franchise tag, and you're turning down thirty or thirty five million or whatever that number is. I just, I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I don't think they've got enough up front. They've got no pass rush other than Demarcus Lawrence, and Mike Nolan can generate pass rush. I know he can scheme it up, and so can Jim Thomasulo. But the back end lost Byron Jones. I, had, I just, I just, it's just not there for me, Dutchie. It's just not there. So so then you you have to have the Eagles then no correct I would have the Eagles in a tight in a tight uh, tight as always the NFC least is is always tight because all these teams are re- truly just not that good but yeah um, yeah it it would be a tight race but I got the Eagles uh, in
2: a nip and tuck beating them well I'm gonna say the same thing I just don't think there's enough weapons on offense and I'm still not sold on uh, on a fellow ginger on Wentz uh, don't be surprised uh, it hurts so good buddy. I, I it, don't be surprised if Jalen Hurts gets in there at some point in time. Uh, I know they have a ton of ton of uh I will give them credit. I think their defense is gonna be solid. They've picked up some big, big uh tons of guys on the on the D. Uh Tavius Brown, they've got Darius Slay out there now. Yep. Uh Thudfield, they've got they've got uh they've got some you know, they've got some good pickups.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and the draft like Kayvon Williams um coming out of Clemson in the draft was a great little pickup for them. And then their D line is just dominant up front. Like you got, still got Fletcher Cox. You got uh, Jaron Hargrove that got picked up. Uh, Rokon Williams drafted at MSU in the in the third or fourth round, and he still got Brandon Graham coming off the edge. So you're right. But just, who's gonna who's gonna put the points up though? Well, and this is what I always say, and and out of the coaching tree of Andy Reid, speed kills, dude. This wide receiving core is as fast as any in the league. They got Marcus uh, Marquise Goodwin. They got Rogan, um, Jalen Rager, sorry, out of TCU um, in the draft with the first pick. They've got speed. They've still got Deshaun Jackson. I know he's a little bit old, but he can still fly. And they've got Steady Eddie, Alshon Jeffrey. To, uh, and, and don't forget about Zach Ertz over the middle, catching balls. Like, they've got – this is, this yeah, is the yeah. Andy Reid offense right here. Speed on the outside, speed on the edges. And just give me two Steady Eddie guys up the middle that can catch the football when we need to move the chains and I yeah I think yeah, I think
2: you've I think you're giving the the speed too much credit uh, Marquis Goodwin uh where is he on his fourth team now I mean okay so you can run uh, you you still have to catch the ball uh, I I'll give you I'll give you Jeffrey and I'll give you Ertz those guys that have always been solid but, you know Ertz has been worked over pretty good in the last uh, the last few years as well you know, how much does he still have left in the tank? I know he's young, I know, but how much does he have left in the tank? And I just don't know if uh, if Wentz is, is is that is that guy. I think that injury messed him up, and I don't know if he can get back to uh, to where he was uh, back in, I believe it was 18 when he was uh, rocking and rolling before his injury.
1: Yep, yep, for sure. It, it's, uh, I think we both agree, though, that these two will be battling it out once again uh, for the top spot here in the NFC East. Yeah, well, look at last year, right? It was
2: nine and seven, eight and
1: eight, and then the then <laughs> the other two were just terrible, right? Yeah. Do you do you see any any major improvement um, out of those those two bottom teams in the Redskins or the Giants? Do you see anybody making a, a significant jump or putting any sort of pieces together, Dutchy? Well, I think I think the skins are definitely uh, you know obviously Riverboat
2: Run. I I think the rebuild is is definitely begun, and you look at where they've where they've Picked up all the way across the board. You can you, the list goes on, right? From and I know they're not all studs, but you got Latimer, you got Ronald Darby, Peyton uh, Barber. So they've got some pieces. You got Thomas Davis. I, I like what they've done, and I love that. I love that. Obviously, their their draft pick was huge. Chase Young was yep. amazing uh, at OSU. I just don't. I'm okay with them rebuilding. I see them coming in at like five and eleven um the Giants I got nothing I don't even have anything to say on the Giants because like I said I really don't care about this division and you know Daniel Jones okay you're 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 you know you're going to get a second crack at it but their defense was their worst defense in the league last year or arguably top three as far as worst defense I can't see much of an improvement um seven and nine maybe max uh you know with Saquon Barkley stays healthy um that's I just don't see anything else happening out of there. I can't see seven wins would be the max out of those two teams. Uh, I got
1: skins like I said five and eleven, and the skins seven and nine. Yeah, and I'm not too I'm not too far off with that. I, I both of them just rounded off at an even six and ten, and, and called it a day on that side. Um, yeah. A big question for you though is is do you think when it all comes down to it, and and Riverboat Ron gets to see Haskins throw the ball in practice, that he goes back to his man Cam Newton? Does he do it? Do you think he does just goes back there, reaches to the well one more time? A little veteran quarterback behind. I love Gandy Golden there to Liberty in the in, with the uh, the fourth-round pick for the Redskins. They got uh, McLaren last year in the draft, which was a great pickup. They got old man Peterson still rushing the ball. Like, Do you think Riverboat just dives for one more season with, with Cam? If Cam can put his ego aside,
2: um, it makes – total sense but I just don't know if he wants to go through a rebuild I think Cam could teach Haskins a lot if you throw Haskins in there I'm not sold on Haskins obviously I mean we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet anyways but I'm not sold on him maybe a, a year or two with uh, with Cam there to, to you know give him some leadership and give him some of that y- y- maybe he is that, that guy that could turn into a, a Cam obviously different
1: size and makeup but um, similar style though yeah yeah for sure and then the Giants. Do you think Joe Judge like a, a little uh, side plot there? I did. I totally forgotten about it. Uh, Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator for uh, the New York Giants, so that'll they're guaranteed to get a couple uh, prime timers. I know they're already on the list, but we'll have to listen to that rhetoric uh, for a game or two for sure. I. I don't know why that guy's coaching. He was a puppet
2: for Jerry Jones. And I hope I'm proven wrong because I did, I do like the, the man and his demeanor, but to me, he just looked like a, a, a looked look like a puppet and he looked like he had lost that team two, three years ago. And let's, let's hope that that judge and, and company are going to give him something new and, and, and new energy and something to kind of feed off of. Let's let's hope so. But like I said, I, I really don't care. I don't think any of these teams are, are Super Bowl contenders. I don't think any of them win a playoff round. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, that I just don't see a, a playoff win coming out of any of these
1: teams. No, and I, I you don't get too much argument with me on that one. Uh, the only team, obviously, we can you know, pick one or the other, but I think the Eagles would be the only team, um, talent-wise, that would have any sort of hope at that. Yeah, well, we're going to see for sure. Yep, awesome. All right, Dutchie, any uh, closing comments here to end us off?
2: No, man, what's next?
1: We got one more in the uh, in the NFC, right? Yeah, we got one more in the NFC. It'll be your favorite, and uh, I'll be jacked up because I got a couple of big opinions on it. And We're in the NFC North with uh, your Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, and uh, the lonely old Chicago Bears with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky trying to battle it out for quarterback with that. So that'll be fun with them this year. But, um, yeah, so let's move on to the North. Uh as our last nfc team next week other than that Viking oh, vikings ah there you go so thanks again uh, to all our listeners out there tuning in to episode 10 thanks to callaway golf our sponsor follow us on uh, facebook twitter and instagram almost 400 followers on instagram now so thank you very much keep an eye out for our weekly ginger and dutch challenge and i'm proud of myself because you know what in the closest to the pin challenge this week dutch i took you down Ugh, I knew that you were going to give that one out. I had to throw that in there.
2: Yeah, well, I'll be ready for uh, revenge coming up soon. Here we go. Awesome. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.